This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations of people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin and I am joined by Mawera Karatai in Fakatani. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? It's going very well. How's the writing going? Go, writing is going very, very well. Um, I am actually really enjoying going back through my books that I've been reading over all these years, now starting to, to bring some stuff together. Kind of excited about that. Uh, and revisited just recently uh, the pedagogy of hope, which so I'm, I'm feeling quite optimistic about everything in the world right now. That hope has always been a strong thing in the work, and it's 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 really powerful. That there's something so powerful sitting at the core of sort of education theory for it. Yeah, absolutely. And who are we introducing today? Speaking of hope. <laughs> A nice introduction, actually. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce um, Fire Susie Cato. And for those of our listeners who are not in New Zealand, you may not know of Susie, but I would say every single kid, teenager and young parent in our country knows who Susie is. Um, Susie is an entertainer, she's an educationalist and an incredible source of positivity for quite a few generations of people in our country. Susie, it is an absolute honour and a privilege to have you here with us today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for the invitation. And it would be remiss of me if I said hello without saying, it's our time, kia ora, talopa. It's our time, a special time of day. Hey. <laughs> Welcome, Susie. Where are you, Susie? I'm at home in Auckland at the moment. And how has your bubble life been? Bubble life for me last year in particular was incredibly busy with um, home learning TV. So we went from the three days in the lead up to a lockdown, that very first lockdown, to racing around and purchasing paint and craft items and pampering items for my daughter and I and um, music bits and pieces to do with my son. Uh, to, oh my goodness, okay, you guys go and do that because mum and dad are going to be really busy. <laughs> and having offered our services with um, the Ministry of Education for Home Learning TV, we then had to learn how to use the equipment we had recently purchased and, um, yeah, learned how to use the cameras to set up the lighting because normally I have a production company or a production team come in and help me when I'm filming for my YouTube channel. And instead we had to do it all by ourselves. So my husband was amazing. He um, searched far and wide on the interweb and <laughs> found out how to make everything work. And then I actually threw at him, okay, darling, now we're filming it and you're doing so well. Can you edit these episodes as well? So yeah, lots of very late nights and very early morning starts. And, uh, all that time spent in the bean chair with my daughter and my son reading books, listening to music, playing board games, all those sorts of things, they went by the by. So to have um, a couple of little mini lockdowns earlier this year, I was quite grateful actually, because we actually got to do some of the things that we had missed doing during the big lockdowns. So that home learning TV, you filmed that from home? Yes. And just what it's people. Did the Ministry of Education or whoever it was have sort of instructions as to what they wanted? Yeah, well, look, what happened was um, we were heading into lockdown and I thought, am I going to throw a whole lot of Susie's World episodes up on YouTube or shall I find out if there's going to be a TV channel? Um, because it made perfect sense. We're going to be home for all this time. The kids are going to need some kind of entertainment and, and perhaps a little bit of education thrown in it. 
So I contacted the Ministry of Education to ask what they were doing. And um, they said, oh, yes, please, we would love some of your episodes. And would you like to help us with some new content? So they had a team from around the country who were busy drawing ideas together, science ideas, maths ideas, those sorts of things. And they would put together some scripts, which I would get sent um, often only one or two days in advance, often, you know, just that day. And we would, hello, we would cobble it around what we had at home, props and bits and pieces that we could find to use. Um, a couple of times I had to text a neighbour and say, oh, by the way, you don't happen to have worms in your garden, do you? I can't find any in my compost at the moment. We'd only just set up the compost. In fact, lockdown was great for that. We had lots of bits and pieces we were able to put in there. But, um, um, they came up with the ideas and we just had to repurpose the scripts a little bit to make them work with what we had available. And, and um, now there was only a couple of times when I needed to go outside of my home. I don't say that I'm a hoarder, but I've got some really good collections of things. <laughs> and, and you'd be used to putting out stuff like on demand and on a, on a heavy schedule, but it must have been kind of weird doing that without the support that you would normally have. And, and being stuck at home and it all sort of like, did it all start to close in? Um, I guess not so much close in because I'm in my happy place when I'm, I'm making telly. And um, we were constantly being challenged by new things and new concepts and, oh, how are we going to do this? And, oh, the lighting's not quite right, so how do we do that? We made sure that we had all our meals with our kids. We shot upstairs and, and we did spend as much time as we could with them. And... Um, we enjoyed the, the the walks when the weather was fine and, and once we'd got into the swing of things. So it wasn't so much a challenge until we got to the end of it and we just had that big... <gasps> the <laughs> And the sense of, oh my goodness, I'm tired. I need a cup of tea and a sweet biscuit. So <laughs> Are the kids old enough that you weren't having to homeschool them as well? Oh, yes, yep. We have, um, she's now 16 and uh, now 13 year old. So they were 15 and 12. Um, we did end up homeschooling our youngest, our son, after lockdown, and he was with us for the majority of the year. Um, but um, yeah, they were, they were amazing. They were amazing. They helped cook tea and they helped, you know, they were very self-sufficient. There was a bit of sewing done, there was a bit of crafting done, there was all kinds of things. So no, it, it, it we were very fortunate with the age that they are. Let's take the first of your music choices, and it's your own song, Sprinkle a Little Sunshine. Why this one? Sprinkle a Little Sunshine. You're talking about hope. You're talking about positivity. When you are having a grey old day, a bad hair day, things aren't going your way, you've got a couple of ways of looking at it. You can... Um, get down to the dumps you can let it overwhelm you and get on top of you and occasionally that will happen but if you're able to sprinkle your own sunshine look for the positivity look for the brightness in the day think of happy things you can actually change things around so it becomes your way so um wrote this song with kath b a few years ago it was released the year of dance the year that i was involved with dancing with the stars so many hours of my walking training before I even started dancing training because I'm not one for exercise so I had to get out and start walking before I could start dancing I would be practicing this song over and over and over again <laughs> just so I remember it off by heart and um, hit the notes and all the rest of it and um, for me it's not just for kids it's for kids of all ages and it's just that gentle reminder that we can look at things differently Okay, sometimes the, the blue is a dark blue. The big dog will sit on our, on our shoulders and hold us down. But um, uh, when, when we do have that opportunity to look for the brightness in the day and be grateful and, and just change our attitude, it can make such a huge difference. So made this with kids in mind and my own children even and myself because that, sometimes we all need that little reminder. to think that the clouds are here to stay if you're starting to think that they'll never go away if you're starting to think that the sky 
is always gray. We'll hold on. If you're starting to think that the rain will never stop, if you're starting to think it gets worse with every drop, if you're starting to think it's the same thing every day, we'll hold on. You're lost in the Milky Way. We'll hold on. If you're starting to think that you're running out of puff, if you're starting to think that you've really had enough, take a deep breath, shake it off. imagination in this show um as a as a way that people have been able to get through and i see the absence of imagination in our kids these days and it worries me and it makes me think that that's contributing to a lot of the the sort of mental health issues that we're seeing in our kids how can we bring back that Imagine yourself into a future. What does your future look like? How do we get our kids thinking about that stuff again? One good way is to put away the screen and um, get out the books. So get them reading. And uh, with reading, you've got the theatre of the mind. Also, audio stories and things like that. You've got the theatre of the mind with the daydreams and, and so on. So that's a really good way. Another really good way is to put down the screens and get outside and get out to the big playgrounds and the beaches and grab some sticks and go, okay, we've got a stick. No, it's not. What is it? Okay. Boys will invariably go, it's a gun or it's a sword or it's a whatever. But it could also be a flagpole. It could be a tail. It could be um, something to balance along. It could be um, the the bar on a wardrobe. I'm, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, you know, what, what, what could kids come up with this and, and use it? It's a dividing line that you've got to jump over. And when you jump over, you get into a magical world. Um, my first book, the first books that I released, uh, how many decades ago? Um, <laughs> about 20 odd years ago, showed you Susie as a child in various different situations. So she'd be in, in her home and tie the tuatara fell out of bed. Oh, no, you poor thing. I'm going to be a doctor. So she rummages in the bottom of her wardrobe and finds an old lunchbox that's got her doctor's equipment in. 
that was me as a kid. I had an old lunchbox with clicky clacky um shutty things, whatever what do you call them? <laughs> and I'll use your imagine use your imagination to try and imagine what I'm um talking about. They were called um, click clacks. Were they? Yeah. Oh, no, this was, this was prior to Click Clack. This was oh. many years ago. But, <laughs> but it had um, a pair of old plastic tweezers and an old bandage, and it had a plastic thermometer and, and so on. So um, you uh, little stethoscope and bits and pieces. We didn't have two, two, $2 shops hadn't been invented back then, so they were from the likes of farmers or something like that. But... Um, with that, I would get out shoe boxes and line them with uh, old T-shirts and so on to make beds for all my babies. So they would be the stuffed toys and the dolls and if there was a cat that was prepared to sit still long enough, you know, that kind of thing. And you would make a hospital. You'd be the, doing your doctor's rounds and so on. So that's what I had in those books. There was Susie the scuba diver, Susie the farmer. And it showed you as the as the pages, the, the pictures went on. By about page three, I'd stepped into this imaginary world and was living the role of the farmer. I'd found the gumboots and the hat, and I'd I'd put on the, the slippers and an old tracksuit to make a wetsuit to go scuba diving with flippers on and that sort of stuff. Um, and then in the back of the book, I had different craft ideas for those things that kids could make so that they could make an underwater scene or a farm scene or take a cardboard box and turn it into a car so they could go racing around their backyard, you know, that kind of stuff. The props that we can provide our children need be as simple as a cardboard box, but often they need us to show them. So there's no point giving them a flash as plastic set of something or other, unless you want to spend, you know, 20 minutes here and there sipping the cups of tea and <laughs> stirring and making and mixing. You take a cardboard box and you ask them, hmm, what does this look like to you? And I remember as a child, we had the chip box and painted it all white. And then somebody cut the front out of it to make a door. So that was the oven. And then the elements on the top were um, tinfoil um, pie dishes became the elements on top and then there was a one of those little mini wheat bix boxes and we used drink tops to make the knobs for the for the stove and and stove top in the oven you know that was so simple and we spent hours and hours and hours until the cardboard lid broke and you know <laughs> we had to make another one a um a refrigerator box was one of the best gifts we've ever had at home during the school holidays Man, it has been a rocket, it's been a tunnel, it's been a you name it, a train. We've had sleepovers in it. In the end, the kids got big enough, we had to have two of them side by side so they could still fit type thing. Um, and even just the other day, I said to my son, oh, shall I go and get one? You can put it in your room. He went, oh, 13, tempted. No, I won't, mum. I said, I would. But um, but it's it's allowing and encouraging that imagination in the kids and um, allowing that within yourself to be the child, to have that fun yourself so they can see that it's okay. The theme of the show, as we described it at the, at the start and we've been exploring since, is positive but not deluded. Mm -hmm. How do you manage that that line, perhaps. I mean, if you think about something like the pandemic, it, it could have come across real scary. Oh, it did. It did. It came across scary for us, too, as we're preparing in those three days to get ready for the great unknown. And you don't realise until after you come out the other side of it that there's a huge collective sigh of relief. So when we headed into the mini lockdowns um, this year, we'd been there, done that. There was none of the panic that there had been earlier and we knew that it was for a much shorter period of time so we've been there done that we we know what we're in for um, if we have to do it again it's going to be so much easier for everybody um, also our businesses are much better set up to be able to reach out to their staff and to make sure everybody's connected and things like that um, but it does take uh, a scare like this for us to get our head around it and to to be able to cope Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mehi aroha nui kia koutou, koutou ahuahau. 
I hope you're all happy today for Superstar and Beloved Universe. I really hope wherever you are, it's happening around this journey. All together is proving to be very sustaining and illuminating for you more each day. Who you are, triumph of nature's are perfect, unique, and here and better. Thank you. I know for all of us, it's last more than a year in the midst of a global pandemic has been very challenging. It's so important that we do our best to be kind to us and to each other and to acknowledge that we are all doing our best at all time. Although, like all aspects of our life, this is different for everybody. And this understanding, this compassion, this self-compassion is so crucial as we move forward and we do things, see things, feel things. We be differently. And I know for all of us, we're having to do. We are different together. Having said that, of course, so many things continue and so many things, of course, coalesce and so many things present themselves to us in a way that we know they are with us in perpetuity forever. We can draw from inspiration. I draw great sustenance, great nourishment from Orokanui, where I work, the eco-sanctuary, that we have a thousand-year plan and I know that I can contribute as much as I can now then I'll move forward to the next realm. Hopefully, I'll be able to have multiple offspring and their offspring, their offspring will be involved in the project. That's my dream. I'll see what unfolds. But I know other life forms will greatly contribute, whether directly descended from me or not. We're still related. And I think having a bigger picture perspective, a long-term vision, can be so helpful to times when we feel overwhelmed. We know that we can create joy in the moment. We can give so much in the moment when that's the right thing for us, when when we are in the right state to do that, ignite and insight and excite those around us to, to recognise the miracle of our lives, celebrate and joyfully feel this beauty, this power, this majesty, this incredible chance that we have really each moment, fully feel and appreciate life, the life that's coursing through our veins, the life that we are, the life that surrounds us, all these things, how wonderful, how lucky we are. And of course, within this, there's also the importance of acknowledging cycles in, in life and nature that we are a part of, that we wax and wane and move through different states in terms of our energy levels and our ability to express and, and feel and expand into the space around us. The need for that self-compassion, compassion towards is so important. But I would hope that for all of us, we know the capacity we hold, we can feel that that ability is always within us. It may be latent, it may be sleeping, it may be dormant, it may be recharging, it may be rest as we are. But we know that we have the ability to really give to others so much happiness, so much in the sense of themselves. I know for all of us that we are mirrors for each other and I really hope for you that you are reflecting and having reflected back to you all the great treasure that you hold within, that you share with and I look to talk to you again. Thank you. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Susie Cato. Susie, we've seen lots of societal change over the, the past year. What do you think will stick? And perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? I would love to see, uh, one thing I know has, has stuck is the fact that more and more of us are working at least one day from home, um, which is great. It um, helps with congestion on the road is one thing, but um, it also gives us a chance to um, be a little bit more connected with home. What I would love to see happen is more of the families out for walks in our beautiful bush areas and our um, parks and playgrounds and things like that to have them more connected to be able to enjoy that bird song that we enjoyed so much um, that is being a little bit um, drowned out again by traffic now um, just for us to remain grounded and simplify things I know I've been caught up just trying to catch up with everything once um, that very first lockdown finished um, it last year was huge and this year has started out in a big way as well and because our contracts and things like that have been either postponed or delayed or, or in some cases cancelled we are often scrabbling to find new work opportunities or, or something like that 
So when I can, and it's about sitting out on that bench here, out in the backyard with the kids, reading a book, or um, going for those walks, they are too precious a moment not to, to grasp as often as we can. I wonder why it took a lockdown, a global pandemic, for us to realise that, for us to realise well, how precious those things are. Well, it's taken us generations to realise not that those <laughs> things are. But I mean, to, to be lost in work and busyness. And each year we've, we've just got busier and busier and busier. Remember when we were kids, all those years ago, when it took forever to get to Easter from Christmas? And it took forever to get to the next school holidays. And my goodness, Christmas was a lifetime away. Even the kids these days are saying, wow, we're at the holidays already. Or, oh, wow, it's Easter already. You know, time is just speeding up so fast because we cram so much into it. So um, it takes a collective shake-up like this for, for society to go, oh, yeah, we used to do it like this. Well, this is actually quite nice. Let's do that a bit more. One of the things that has been successful over the last year has been the the messaging from the government, the Be Kind message, the team of five million. Do you have any thoughts on why that was so successful? It was so needed. When you think in terms of the Princess Diana dying all those years ago, and the tears that were shed by not just a nation, not just the UK, around the world. They said it was so cathartic and it did so much good for so many. They were able to cry and release so much built up tension um, that counsellors and therapists were amazed at the difference that it made. Um, I think we all needed it. We wanted we wanted others to be kind to us. So we didn't mind being reminded of that and um, enjoyed actually being kind to others too. The simple things, putting the teddy bears in the windows that allowed our inner child to hunt those bears out and put them there, whether we had children or not. To, to put a, um, an Easter egg in the window, paint it on a piece of paper. You know, it's allowing us to be positive and... Um, carefree and um, childlike. And I think it was something that we really needed in a time that was so scary. Is it hard for you to maintain that childlike enthusiasm, that, that vision, when you've also got episodes to produce on a daily or whatever it is basis? Does, does the work get on top of that? Oh, yes, every now and then, and then you have a bad hair day or, you know... I'm human, so yes. <laughs> yes, every now things things get a little frustrating or, or stressful, stressful, and um, uh, it's about taking time because when you are in it, it's really hard to see it and hard to do something about it. Um, rescue remedies are a handy thing to have. I use some Orosoma products too, which are like rescue remedy for the ear. You spray it into the ear, inhale it. But for years and years and years, I've used meditation. I found that I wasn't using it very much during lockdown, one of the things that I'd intended doing with the kids, um, because we were just so busy. We were on the go the whole time. So I really made a point of that this year in particular and try to do that not just like at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day. I always try and wake up and visualise the day and um, you just just put white light and 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 uh, energy into the day but it's about through everything it's mindfulness in everything that you do as you pick up that um hot cup of coffee which invariably has gone cold by the time you get to it because you're a mum or you're working or whatever um it's the intent with which you take that sip whether it's a cup of tea cup of water whatever it's the intent with which you take that sip I'm doing something for me. I'm having a nice relaxing. I'm just going to make the most of this. And then you sip. You know what I mean? It's it's how you, you um, you're intent about what you're doing. You're heading out to the washing line. The intent of how you pick up the basket and carry it out. Just being mindful of your posture and all those sorts of things. Uh, as you dash because you've got 
the jugs on or the cakes in the oven or the somebody's yelling at you or whatever you've just got to take those breaths when you can and be kind to you our colleague is um vicky yaka jones is working on her doctorate of professional practice on self-care and nursing because the nurses of course are so busy looking after everyone else they don't look after themselves so her thing is called tea time me time but it's and it, it, it that is making a difference but it's it's remarkable how hard to move those um or that lack of care that people have for themselves or not seeing that as important and maybe that's one of the unintended consequences of the be kind message is that be kind is also about yourself it's not just about looking after your neighbors it's it's recognizing a bit of humility and for me i rushed out and bought a whole pile of varnish because i intended um re-varnishing all the windowsills during lockdown didn't do it Looking at them, they still need doing, but I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's not beating yourself up, definitely. Um, negative head talk, oh, it's a nightmare and something that I have dealt with all my life. So um, self-doubt and negative head talk and putting yourself down when you haven't done something. So I love hearing that you are not doing that to yourself. You're not beating yourself up over those um, windowsills. You'll get to them at, at this, when time allows. And in the meantime, you you just cope with that. That's great. Um, so the, that um, in, in nursing in particular, because they are so time stretched or is it they are resource and time poor, um, but work, <laughs> work overload um, and teachers too. Parents, everybody just needs to be a little kinder to themselves and um, give themselves a break. That's just a really important message there. That's great. Let's take the second of your music choices. It's you again, the Cowrie family. Why this one? This was released during lockdown and um, was one of the lights at the in the tunnel that wasn't a train. Um, was, <laughs> was the, the book was on board the ship and the ship was then finally in the harbour and then the ship container actually made it to to um, the port you know we've got little progress reports and things like that so it was wonderful to have this released it was a song that I wrote with um, a dear friend Arthur Basting and Peter Dacent who's another dear friend who's based in um, Australia it was a song that was originally created with Justine Clark who's a preschool presenter in Australia and it was the Gumtree family. So when they approached me and said, hey, we'd love to release this in New Zealand. Will you help us um, choose the native creatures to live around the kauri tree? I said, oh, yes, please. And it's lovely in that it talks about native New Zealand creatures. It gets the kids really involved because I give them clues on one page and then the great reveal on the next page. So they get to guess which creature that we're singing about but um, Arthur passed before the book was um, released he saw some of the images but he unfortunately passed and he was such an amazing man so dedicated to improving the quality of of the life of children through content for kids you know quality content and um, a dear dear friend he was one of the founding members of Kiwi Kids Music which I was the chair of for six years um, which started out with a group of, of like-minded people, all writing songs, creating music for, for kids through New Zealand. There are over uh, maybe 120, 130 um, members of that group now. And we've got everybody from Monika Moore, Craig Smith, Levity Beat, um, Mr. Robert Rowley, Kath B, Itty Bitty Beats, just so many amazing people. Na um, Robin Nathan of Fleabite and before that, um, Fat Cat and Fish Face. You know, these are these are artists and who have created amazing songs for that kids of New Zealand should be aware of that um, perhaps aren't aware of these fabulous people. We've got the New Zealand Children's Music Awards coming up on the 16th of May. And um, it's a wonderful opportunity to share all this fabulous content. That's another thing with Home Learning TV. They put a whole lot of the music videos up on air um, for this music so it was a great way for the kids to be introduced to these artists so to have my song in amongst those is just such an honor
What's that there? Can you see? I wonder what that thing can be in the hole beneath the tree. It's part of the Cody family. It's got spikes on its back. It's a million years old. It's got a third eye. You guessed it. It's a tuatara. And in the hole beneath the tree, it's part of the Cody family. Hmm. I wonder what we'll find next. What's that there? Can you see? I wonder what that thing can be sitting high up in the tree. Beautiful bird. It's greeny blue with white at the front. You guessed it. It's a kiriru. And when it's sitting in the tree, it's part of the Kauri family. I wonder what we'll see next. What can you see? <gasps> What's that? What's that there? Can you see? I wonder what that thing can be. Now it's climbing up the tree. It's part of the Cody family. It's got long feelers. It's a big brown bug with hooks on its legs. You guessed it. It's a wetter. And when it's climbing up the tree. Isn't it? Let's see if we can find something a bit bigger. What's that there? Can you see? I wonder what that thing can be in the stream beneath the tree. It's part of the Cody family. It's a long thin fish, and it wriggles as it swims. It's slippery and slimy. You guessed it. It's a tuna, an eel, and in the stream beneath the tree, it's part of the Cody family. Hey, look over there by the hole. There's something small and brown. What's that there? Can you see? I wonder what that thing can be poking around beneath the tree. Of the Cody family, it's got brown feathers and a long, long beak, but it's got no wings. You guessed this one. It's a kiwi, and when it's underneath the tree, it's part of the Cody family. Hey, what's that up there? It's beautiful. Can you see it? Look up there. Can you see? High above the Cody tree, the sky at night is heavenly, and part of the Cody family. Diamonds in the darkness, for all of us to see. A special celebration. You guessed it. It's Matariki, and when it shines above the tree, it's part of the Cody family. It's part of the Cody family. Busy people using lots of different words for not just for the pandemic, but what's happened since then in terms of a reset or a regeneration or lots of other words, starting with R. What are you seeing it as? And what are you hoping for? Um, that's a good question. Um, I, maybe let's go for another R. Uh, let's go for refocusing. So refocusing away from materialism and commercialism and let's refocus on family. Let's refocus on the basics, the garden, the walks, the moonlit nights, 
the beautiful big pink moon that we had the other night. Oh my goodness, we're all out on the deck watching that. Um, refocusing on the present and our health and well-being, not just as individuals, but as a nation. Um, yeah, I think that's what my wish would be. So I have some questions to end the show with. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? My biggest success in the last couple of years? Crikey. Um, I, you know, I, I did like doing Dancing with the Stars. I did like being part of that. <laughs> that, that was a great And pushing those boundaries and um, really challenged by that physically, mentally, emotionally, the whole works because you buy into it so much. And I had the best dance and he was just divine. So when you um, are voted off the island, when you when you um, are let go, you are being let go for him as well. So you feel gutted from that point of view. So I really enjoyed that because, as I say, I'm not one for exercise. To be so to be dancing uh, six to seven hours a day in those first few few weeks, and then you know nine to ten hours a day, that took me to a whole fitness level that I have never experienced before. Um, and to be all that makeup and hair and those dresses and the nails, I just love it. <laughs> so that was great. But you know what? It would have to be my kids. You know, we look at what we achieved with um, Home Learning TV to have been involved with um, New Zealand Children's Music Awards, which I curate and have for the last few years, and to have been involved in Kiwi Kids Music. That has They've all been amazing successes, but to see how my kids are developing and becoming, you know, wonderful human beings. Well, they always were wonderful human beings, but wonderful young adults and their compassion. And um, I do wonder sometimes, particularly with my daughter who's 16 and is, I'm now her mini-me because she's taller than me. Um, I do wonder sometimes which one is the adult because... <laughs> And I do want her to go into law because I'd love the debates to be taken out of the home and into the courtroom. <laughs> but um, I, I'm just so proud of what we are achieving as a nation with our next generation. They are incredible. And it's not by putting an onus on them and burdening them with the need to be anything, but it's encouraging them. It is celebrating them for who they are and giving them the wind beneath their wings so that they can soar. Have your kids stopped walking with you in the supermarket yet, as everybody recognises you? Oh, no, they're quite used to that. It's more the fact of when I dance. So if there's a really good song, <laughs> and I did that in the mall, actually, this afternoon with my daughter. Oh, mum! So <laughs> it's when I dance, yeah. because I dance. My father was on play school for many years, and... We talk about how the fact that you can tell the age of somebody by whether or not they recognise dad. And you must have a similar, there must be a particular cohort of people now in their mid-twenties. Yes. That yes, you brought yes, up. Yes. Yep. And I've got um, kids in their 30s who are now having children of their own who I was down in Dunedin for the Wild Dunedin Festival and had an amazing show. There was a, a music festival. We had um, Rainbow Rosalind as the MC. Shelley J, who's a fairly new newcomer to the music scene for kids. She said, I'm the strangest to a Tara you've met yet. Her name is Tara, Tara, the two Tara, where's Miss Tara, purple lipstick and a sparky tiara. Tara, Tara, the two Mr. Robert Rally, who is now based in Dunedin. Van Real, who has a waste-free wander tour, but also her own um, performance of, of Anna Van Real music for kids. The turnout was phenomenal. But I think there were just as many kids in the audience 
there for themselves, not for the babies in their arms. So, and when I say <laughs> it's the, the eyes got a bit glossy. Mine as well, because to know that it has reached that generation, or when we made the program, when we made you and me, we were making it for preschoolers. We weren't thinking how many years longevity it was going to have and that would people would still think of it the way they do. Probably even more so than the likes of play school because it was Kiwi kids, it was Kiwi stories and and images and things like that. So yeah, such an honour, such an absolute honour and such a lovely, lovely thing to see. So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in the team. What is the superpower that's got you into the mansion? Um, the superpower would have to be that to remain childlike and see the world through a child's eyes and be able to have fun and be silly and enjoy every moment of it. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? An advocate more than an activist, I think. Advocate what for? Kids, families, the important things in life. So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? My kids, my darling husband, um, and all the fantastic projects that I'm a part of. And what's the biggest challenge or opportunity you're looking forward to in the next year or so? Oh, look, I have a such a list of things that I want to achieve for the YouTube channel that I can also see being on screen elsewhere. So, um, yeah, there's a long list of, I don't have a bucket list, I've got a barrel list. <laughs> so it's about diving into the barrel and choosing which one it's going to be. And that's sometimes the hardest because you go, wow, there is so much to do and where do I start? But it's... Um, yeah, there's some, some exciting things on the horizon, so I'll be back with another conversation. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Yes. Know that you are loved, that you are amazing, that everything is going to be okay, whatever the challenge is, because you're not alone. There is somebody else somewhere going through something similar at this very moment. And you can do this. You have got this. And um, we're there with you. Thank you for that. Mawira. Susie, thank you for an incredible amount of service and kindness and love and, and enabling for all these years of your practice and then all the stuff that's to come yet. And... I love hearing how you're helping other people to follow in your footsteps. You've created a path, people are following you, and I, I just, I really appreciate that, and I'm glad that my children all know who you are, and I'm glad I know who you are, and thanks for everything you've done. Oh, thank you. That's that's wonderful. And I don't know about uh, for people to follow. I think it's more for people to walk beside. We'll go and do this together. Thank you very much for that. Thank you for joining us. We're going out to Marcus Turner, Spider in the Bath. Here I am, is anyone about? I'm down beside the plug hole and I can't get out. I've been here an hour and a half. Can anybody help a little spider in the bath? Woke up feeling hungry in the middle of the night I saw a moth and thought now that would make a tasty bite So I chased it up the mirror and along the windowsill And around behind the dental floss and then I slipped and fell And here I am, is anyone about? Down beside the plug hole I can't get out I've been here An hour and a half Can anybody help A little spider in the bath 
very slippery Cause the bath has just been cleaned Everything is cold and wet and avocado green There's a long lumpy loofah and some pumice in a dish And all I have to talk to is a purple plastic fish Is anyone about? I'm down beside the plug hole and I can't get out. I've been here an hour and a half. Can anybody help a little spider in the bath? There's no need to be frightened. I won't do you any harm. Just take me to the garden where it's nice and safe and warm Then gently put me down and I'll run back home to my mother One leg after the other, 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 after the other And here I am, is anyone about? I'm down beside the plug hole and I can't get We had a contribution today from Tahu Mackenzie. I'm Samuel Man in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, with Mawira Karatai in Fakatani and in Auckland, Susie Cato. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.